0: Yo, welcome back to another episode of On Spot Sports. This will be episode 67. And in today's episode, we have a very special guest. We have Cody Porter coming on the show from the Knoxville Ice Bears and the SPHL, the Southern Professional Hockey League. Cody's played in the Western Hockey League, the, the Federal Hockey League, the SPHL, and he's spent time in the coast with with the Florida Everblades. So we talk a lot about his junior career, especially in the WHL. And then we talk about his pro career, and we also get into uh, talking about some NHL and how the, how we think the bubble is gonna go so far for the season. So j- this is a really good episode. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. And we'll see you in the next one. Yo, welcome back to another episode of On the Spot Sports. I'm Jack, and I'm alongside my co-host Tyler, and today we have a very special guest. We have Cody Porter. Cody is a current professional hockey goaltender with the Knoxville Ice Bears of the Southern Professional Hockey League. He has a very decorative resume so far, playing in the Western Hockey League, the BCHL, QMJHL, the Fed, the SPHL, and spent some time in the Coast. Welcome to the show, Cody Port, Cody Cody Porter. How
1: hey guys, thanks
0: for having me. Good. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. We uh, we know it's a sh- short time that we just we just sent uh figure this out yesterday so good good to get you on uh finally
1: yeah no thanks for having me
0: yeah so uh, you've been in quarantine recently because you came back from the states into Canada yeah. so like, how's uh quarantine going for you
1: uh it's been good it's been uh it's been pretty chill I uh I was down in the states for about a month and a half training down there um, which was awesome. I'll, I'm sure we can get more into that a little bit later, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been good. The quarantine process. I mean, for those that don't know, when you go to the U S you come back to Canada, you got to, uh, you got to stay home for 14 days. So, um, I know a lot of people have been like, Oh, that sucks. Like you've got to, you know, can't go out or can't train, but I kind of like it. Like the brakes has been kind of nice just cause you grind so hard and train so hard. And, uh, to be able to kind of relax and especially with hockey on now and like I'm a big baseball fan too. So I've just been watching the games and you know you still do some stuff. You still stretch and and stay loose. But uh, it's been nice to just rest the body a bit.
0: Yeah, for sure. Have you just been doing off ice stuff or was is it just mainly stretching? Uh
1: in, in the quarantine period? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just been stretching. Uh we went really hard with strength training uh for about a month and a half leading up to the quarantine. So um yeah it's just been stretching which just felt great cuz uh like I was feeling it I was really sore by the end of uh my trip down there it's sore in a good way but um I was getting ramped up and then with the news now that training camps probably aren't going to open until December we've got uh we've got a lot of time to uh make improvements
0: yeah it's definitely nice to have those breaks especially since you were training for a month and a half really hard so it's easy, it's good to get that that downtime and just make you make you make sure yourself's recovered and all that.
1: Yeah no absolutely.
0: Yeah so can you tell our viewers a little about yourself like when you started playing hockey what the teams you've played on uh, what what made you become a goaltender?
1: Yeah for sure yeah I'm uh, from North Vancouver Canada and uh, started playing goalie when I was nine so a little bit later than most guys. I grew up locally played minor hockey here And then at about 14, I went to an academy called POE in Kelowna, uh, BC, which is a kind of a private academy, Um, played there for two years. And then my 16-year-old year, I played junior A in the BCHL for West Kelowna. And then at the end of my 16 year, I signed with the Vancouver Giants, joined them for playoffs, and then was with them my 17 year. Ah, uh, with them to start my 18 year, and then I got traded to Calgary in the Western Hockey League. Played there my 18 year and 19 year, and then late in my 19 year old year, I had a a bad shoulder injury, so that really affected me. And then um, decided not to get surgery on that. Played my 20 year old year. Um, I actually went to Kelowna's camp, and then we we're still having issues with the shoulder, so I ended up getting. Uh, Cause as a 20 year old, you can get like traded between leagues. So I ended up going to St. John in the uh, queue and went out there, played well, but my shoulder was still pretty, uh, pretty bad. So they were like, Hey, like, you know, we probably think it's best if you get surgery just for your long term. you know, if you want to play at a high level, like you're going to need to get surgery on it. So I ended up getting surgery on it. And that process was a bit of a waiting period. Ended up playing in a few different junior A leagues just in the meantime, kind of as a rehab assignment. But, uh, by that point I, I wasn't, uh, I was probably playing at about like 30%. So it was tough, but, I uh, got the surgery, um, kind of wish that that was an off season like this. Like looking back, I'm like, why couldn't this have been two years ago or three years ago? Cause you know, there's obviously a lot of time now, but, uh, uh, yeah. So that, um, that off season, I got the surgery mid season, my 20 year. So basically missed my whole 20 year um and then my 21 year old year I just started the year I actually went to Peoria's camp in the SB and then um and then I went to uh like it was tough like as a first year guy um you know you're just coming off a major surgery like nobody really knows how you're going to uh perform and play so I ended up going to Watertown in the uh in the Federal League and like it was it was different and But for me, it was just like I needed games and I needed shots. And and that was a team that they were okay. Uh, I got a lot of shots there. Like, I I mean, I must have played like 11 or 12 games there. And I think I had half the amount of shots that I'd usually get in a 40-game season. So Mm -hmm. it was perfect, though. Like, that's exactly what I needed. And uh, I ended up uh, that year, I just took any call-up I could get to the SP. So that's why I played for so many teams, because it was more just about Hey, this team needs a guy for a weekend. You're going to play on the Saturday of the three and three. Do you want to go? And I would take that. Um, so I ended up playing for I think three different SP teams. And then, um, I ended up landing in Knoxville for the end of my first year, played, played there for a couple months to end that year, played well. And then this year uh, was my second year. Um, and I kind of was a few different spots, uh, Started the year in Florida in the East Coast League at their camp, and that was a great experience. Played in preseason uh, against Orlando, played well. And, uh, and then yeah, I was mostly in Knoxville again this year.
0: What was the biggest obstacle that you had to overcome after that big shoulder injury where you didn't have surgery for a while, and then when you finally had surgery? What was the biggest obstacle that you had to overcome from that?
1: Um, I mean, when the injury first happened, like it was they kind of thought Calgary thought I'd be out for the year. um I wanted to come back like we were right on the bubble for playoffs, so I came back with I think six games left in the season, and we were like four points out of a playoff spot, and we ended up getting in as the eighth seed um but I think the toughest thing right away was just feeling comfortable with it, like we played against the Regina Pats in playoffs, and that was the same team I got injured against and like, I think in the playoff series, they had three goal interference penalties. So, like, they were taking a lot of shots, which, I mean, you know, some teams do that. Um, it's playoffs. I mean, even if you watch the NHL right now, like, there's a lot of guys running the net, and it's just how it is. So, I think the biggest thing for me originally was just feeling comfortable with it. Uh, that was before the surgery, and, and it felt it felt okay. And then my 20-year-old year, it was weird. Like, it just felt terrible. So, that was... Like I was like, yeah, I can't even move my arm. And like, it, it sucks because you're, you're not playing your game and you can't really do much. So, uh, after the surgery though, to answer your question, I think the biggest adjustment, like we had a great surgeon do it. it. It actually feels great, right? Like it's felt great ever since. I haven't had a problem with it. Um, we went hard on the rehab. Uh, I haven't had any issues with it. I know that's most guys after surgery, they notice it. Like I couldn't tell you that I had surgery on it. I, uh, like I played baseball when I was younger, I can throw harder after the surgery than I could before. Um, everything's just better. So he did a really good job on the surgery. And like, when I tell coaches and stuff, because they always ask, like, Oh, how's your shoulder? It's it's great. Like, it's, uh, it's, it feels great. And I haven't had any problems with it. And uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. So what was your mindset like during throughout the entire like process at over the over the shoulders? Like, what were you thinking like throughout the course was it were you just focused on like rehab or like were you like focused on like the negative side of it I guess you could say
1: um no I tried to keep positive I mean it's tough when you have an injury like that it was pretty bad actually like I won't lie like early on and like when it happened we weren't sure what the long-term consequences of it were or how long I'd be out for and like it was a pretty bad injury I don't know it was just a weird play but uh Yeah, no, I tried to stay positive. I mean, I had a goal in mind of coming back that year, which we were able to accomplish. And, you know, so that was good. Um, I mean, it was a, if you take from when it first happened to when, you know, it ended uh, in terms of being fully healthy, it was like a year and a half process. So that was tough. But um, I think that the hardest part was during my 20-year-old year year, because it was like I played well in St. John, but it was kind of like one of those things where, Every game I played, I was like, oh, today could be the day that it could get injured again. And I kind of tweaked it when I was out there with about, like, five minutes left in the game. We ended up winning three or four nothing against uh, Charlottetown. And obviously, you want to finish the game when you're five minutes away from a shutout. So I just kind of played through it. And then after that, it was just kind of like, you know, they kind of asked me and my agent asked me at the time, like, do you want it like what's your like you know you want to play pro like you know you're going to need to be healthy so we made the decision to get surgery there it's just they wanted to do certain steps they wanted me to get a specific guy that to do it because obviously with shoulders knees and stuff like that you don't want to mess around um so you know that was in about october november that we made that decision but they didn't want me to get the surgery until february So I was kind of like, well, I don't want to just sit around for four months if I can, you know, play. So he's like, okay, like, come back, you know, we'll look at you. And because the surgeon was out of uh, like the Vancouver area. So we're like, okay, we'll look at you. And I was at home for a bit. He looked at me and it's a long flight from St. John to Vancouver. So um, I knew the coach in West K and he was like, hey, like, you know, we own your rights. Like, why don't you come play here? And I was like yeah sure like I'll I'll play a few games I think I played like four games I was absolutely awful like just didn't feel comfortable at all and I think part of it was when we came back like I had a few physio people look at it and they were kind of manipulating it a lot and for that like 10-day period in Westgate I could like literally going high blocker I could only go up to here so you know when you're thinking about that the whole time you you notice it and it was tough because like it's frustrating when you know you've spent the last four years in major junior and then you're going down and you know it's a rehab assignment so you have to uh, you know you have to uh, take it with the right approach but at the same time like it's not fun when you're giving up six goals in a game and you're like okay if I was healthy this would be a two or three goal game Um, so that part was probably the hardest Um, and then I went back out east and uh, St. John had really great trainers and doctors that wanted to kind of look at it and and they put me with a team that they had a few like prospects in and I didn't know anything about the league anything about the team I was only there for like three weeks but uh yeah so that that part was probably the toughest just because you're trying to play but it's almost like would it have been better not to play I mean it didn't really matter but um that was the hardest part uh it's tough though when you come back because teams are like okay well you did all this stuff when you're younger like we want to see that, and then you got to get teams to trust you again. So, for me, my first year pro was just all about reestablishing myself. This year was kind of a weird year in that I bounced around a bit, but uh, I really feel going into next year, it's you know, from everything I've talked with and uh, people that have talked to me, coaches, uh, you know, whatever. Like this is a huge, huge off season for me, and and I expect to have a really big year this year. And so far, like I said before, training's been going great, and Probably fastest I've ever been, and in really good shape right now. So, um, you know, we'll make the steps to be in absolute best condition come December.
0: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what you're gonna do next for this season. Because, like you said, you've been putting in the work, and just from like your Instagram videos, it seems like you got you're really like feeling good about yourself, and hopefully, and hopefully it translates over to the game time come when the whenever the season starts.
1: Yeah no it's been it's been a good off season it's been weird I grew about a third of an inch this summer so I don't know how but taller now than I was at the end of last year and I look bigger on the ice like I've filled out a bit um, single digit body fat right now but like I just look wide on the ice and I'm moving fast and um, the one focus for us is that we've been working on is just quality of movement Um, you know that's the biggest thing like I've got really long legs so you know how can we use that to, you know, my advantage and whatnot, and and we've really broken down the the quality of movement aspect of it, and and all that stuff, and like my butterfly is wider than it was last season, and I just have a lot more control in my hips now. So there's a lot of areas in my game that I'm like, okay, I I can see that I've made big changes and big strides in it, and uh, I started feeling it right before the pause last year, like when I was in Knoxville. I think my last six games I was. You know, four one and one, or or five and two, or something like that, and um, I felt great and was playing really well, playing consistent. I think I had six six or seven games in a row or it was two or less goals. Like I was feeling good, and then we had the bye, we had our bye week, and then we came back and we were getting ready for a game, and then we got canceled. So uh, that was tough, but you know, it was it was good to be you know taking the steps that uh, you want to be taking late in the season and. It would have been a good playoff run, but unfortunately, you know, like everybody else except for the NHL, that didn't get to happen. So, yeah, but for next year, it's, it's going to be good. I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm expecting a big year, and with uh, the coaches that I've talked to, um, you know, we've got pretty high expectations, so it'll be good.
0: Yeah, so how was your team last year in Knoxville, and, like, what place did you guys end up be finishing yeah, that, before the pause?
1: team was good. Uh, we had a lot of skill um we played a really offensive game but it it worked a lot because like it was a team that it was kind of a weird it was a weird year because I was there after Florida for camp and then you know they were kind of like oh well you know we want to go with the same guys and so they ended up almost getting like a loan to quad city I played like 10 minutes it was really weird I went there and played like 10 minutes of a period and faced a five-minute major and that's it. So that's all I got out there. And then it was just a weird start to the year. I mean, that's the one thing I've found about SP teams is a lot of them don't like guys that are gonna take call ups to the coast. Not every coach is like that, but some coaches are like that. And like I was just honest, like at the start of the year I had a really good camp in Florida. Like I played in preseason, didn't give up a goal, um, was feeling really good, came into Knoxville, had a good preseason there too. Um Seemed like my whole season was preseason. I think I played like five games in the preseason between two leagues. But, um, yeah, it felt really good. And and he asked me, the coach asked me, he's like, hey, like you know, if you got a call up early in the season, would you take it? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. And then two days later, he's like, yeah, so I'm gonna go with the other guys uh, to start the year. I was like, oh, like okay. And then you know there was some rumblings that another like an East Coast League team wanted to bring me up like right away, but they got to go through coaches to do it. So. That's another thing people don't realize is a team can want to call you up. But if your coach doesn't want you to go, they don't have to return the call. So it's a weird kind of game like that. But um, it was a weird start to the year. Um, Ended up going to Quad City, like I said, for literally 10 minutes of a game. And then went home for three days and then went to Macon for, Four games, and that was that was tough. I was I had some stuff, some family stuff going on, so was dealing with that and trying to you know play hockey at the same time. It's not easy. That team was, I think, last place at that point in the season, and then ended up going back to Knoxville where I spent most of the year. So it's kind of like a you know go 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 to a few different teams, then come back. But uh, yeah, Knoxville was good, it was a good team. Um, I like the guys, I mean, that's the biggest thing, like really was friends with a lot of guys on the team. and have a lot of respect for guys there, and uh, it's a great city. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever been there, but it's uh, Mm. it's a pretty fun place. Yeah, so right where the university is.
0: Yeah, that's definitely on my books to come up to, because it it does seem like a fun, uh, nice place to be, so I'll definitely have to come up and uh, see the city.
1: Yeah, it's a cool spot. They're in Nashville. They're both uh, both pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, so uh, it, it was interesting hearing that, like, you played, like, 10 minutes of that one game, and then, like, that the coaches don't really don't have to pick up the call if they they want to call you up. So that was yeah, I mean, most yeah, most coaches
1: are pretty good about it, but you'll get the odd guy that like at the end of the day they're trying to move up too, right? So the coaches want to, you know, the coaches want to move up as well, and the only way they're going to move up is if they win. So they don't want guys just leaving. So it's it's kind of one of those happy medium things. Like, um, but again, some teams are better for that than others, and. Uh, you know, there it's, they don't really like guys getting called up. So that's, that's one thing about there. So there's a couple other teams like that in the league too. But,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you said you're up in the, up in the, with the Ever Everblades during yeah. the, during the camp for the East coast. So like how is how's camp over there and like your experience in the East coast over there?
1: It was good um, they have a they're in Nashville system so they had a pretty stacked team last year I went in and had a really good camp um, unfortunately a week before training camp Milwaukee signed another guy so that's another thing like it's uh, you know if you're not an NHL or AHL signed guy you're gonna get bumped out um, by those guys no matter how good you look in camp doesn't matter if you you know, if they start the season and you get five games, the other two guys each get five games and you put up three shutouts and you're the best goalie in the league, they still have to cut you if they don't want to carry three goalies. So um, that's a tough part. had a really good training camp, though. It was a great learning experience. Uh, you know, the systems there are so detailed and they run the same systems as their NHL team. And it was cool to see. Like in the preseason I played, we, you know, played against Orlando, which was uh, – which was, uh, or is Tampa Bay's team. And, you know, to play against some pretty good goalies over there, like the goalies they had were like at the time it was like Fucali and uh, Spencer Martin. They had uh, Mike Condon for a bit. Like, you know, you, you get that, you get good goalies coming down because there's only, you know, it's not that fall of a drop from the NHL to the East coast. And it's not that big of a jump from the coast to the NHL because it's only six jobs. So. Yeah, so that that was cool. It was a good learning experience. I mean, I felt like I was ready to hit the ground running when I got back to Knoxville and then kind of got put on hold when he's like, oh, I'm going to, like, go with these two guys. So, you know, that happens. You just kind of got to deal with it.
0: Yeah. So what was it like playing in Florida? Like, is the ice, like, noticeably different or is the ice from, like, it being, too, from it being humid out or do you not notice it at all?
1: It is different. I mean, the ice is a little different everywhere you go. Like, that's the one thing like, for me, I noticed is, like, when I played in the Western League, like, we got spoiled with playing in Calgary. Like, our ice was NHL ice. It's it's really fast, um, but I pretty much always keep my skates the same. Like, I'd always sharpen them the same. There would be no changes, and then, you know, you go to, especially in the SP, because there's a lot of Southern teams. Um, with the Everblades, they do a pretty good job with their facility. Like, that's mostly where I was training out of the last uh, two months Was was down there, and The ice was actually pretty good, surprisingly. Um, It's not a shot at the place that I skate up here in Vancouver, but the ice was probably better down there. So hopefully they can figure it out up here with their ice quality. But uh, um, yeah, the ice was fine. Um, But there's some spots during the season that the ice gets really bad. Like I notice there's some spots in the SP where it's like you feel like you're playing on synthetic, like it's just brutal. So you got to adjust your sharpening. based on you know where you're playing which is kind of different but the equipment managers are pretty good about that so like I know Knoxville typically has harder ice which which is more like you know up in BC here so I'll get my skates done a bit sharper and then if we go down to Pensacola the next day it's super soft so I'll be you know going between a 7 sixteenths, and then I'll be running at 5 eighths when we go to Pensacola and then if we go up to Peoria I might go to a 3 eighths. so it's, uh, just depends where you're playing.
0: Yeah. So you were training in Florida recently. So like, what, what was it like training in Florida and like the, like, how was training overall from uh, it was that good. Like, one and a half month, uh, adventure you had?
1: Yeah, no, it was, it was good down there. I mean, I was part of the reason I went down there is I was struggling to get ice up here. Um, which is kind of, funny to think you can get ice in Florida but not in in Vancouver so uh seems like we might still be facing that problem a little bit uh they're kind of picky on who who can skate and when they can skate so or they charge you a crazy amount but um it was good down there I trained between uh you know two goalie coaches one his name is Brett Schaefer he's goalie coach for Huntsville which was the first SPHL team I played for really good you know really good guy young, young guy like so I think he's only like 24, 25, but he, he gets it. Like he's a good goalie coach and always learned from him. And, uh, you know, we got on the ice quite a bit. And then the other goalie coach I was working with is, uh, his name is Josh Robinson and he's a goalie coach of the Everblades. And another guy thinks the game really well. And, you know, we were able to make some improvements to my game that, uh, that I feel have made big differences. And, you know, we'd film every skate and go over the video and, uh, you know the difference between when i got there to when i left was uh was was good and it's also good too to get people's opinions like you know when a goalie coach tells you you look noticeably better right now than when you were when i saw you at the end of the season or when i saw you last september like that's good to hear too because these guys are honest like they're pros and as well and you know it's it's great to think oh i think i i look better but when a goalie coach that hasn't seen you in a few months or he's seen you play in the season and then sees you now and says, wow, like, you know, you look a lot bigger, you look faster, you, you know, you're, you're moving better. Those are things that, uh, you know, you can look at and say, okay, like I'm putting in the work and, you know, it's, it's paying off. So that's, that was a positive, but yeah, the training down there was great. Uh, it was hard though, like I think there was one period where we didn't have any days off for like three weeks, just grinding it out in the gym every day, uh doing yoga like four times a week, skating five times a week like it was I wouldn't want to go that hard for the whole summer, like I said, I think you'd be dead by the time the season happens, but uh, at that point in time it was uh it was great to to really take those steps, and you know now I'm sitting in a really good position because I feel good about my game and you know, I can manage how I want to approach the next three and a half, four months before training camp starts.
0: Was there a specific aspect of your game that you tried working on, like, the hardest or more than others going into that year for camp?
1: Um, going into this year or going into last year? Oh, last year. Like, coming year. up? Oh, going into last yeah. year? um just trying to work on everything I mean typically at the end of the season you're going to look at what you did well and where you didn't come up with certain saves and that's something I try and do uh I try and do all the time I mean when I was in junior in Calgary we give a ton of shots from the slot I mean anybody that knows our our team would know that like that's a tough team to like one thing about major junior people don't realize is if you're on a good defensive team you'll be 920. But if you're on a bad defensive team, you know, if you're at 900, that can be really good. Um, So it's situational based on the team. So going into camp last year, you know, I went over a lot of video from my first year pro and said, okay, where was I giving up goals? Where were teams targeting me? And uh, it was good. It was good to also talk to a goalie coach, like, you know, Brett, who, you know, he's a goalie coach for a different team, but, and we do a great job of separating that, you know, we don't talk too much about that stuff, but You know, he still puts scouting reports together on guys, including myself of, you know, when they play and I'll ask him, I'll be like, Hey, what you know, what was an area you guys are trying to target? And he'll, he'll tell me, he'll be like, Hey, we're, you know, we're trying to target a certain spot. And, and that's, that was the biggest thing for me working on last year. Um, last year I thought was a good year for reads. I thought that I, you know, was, was reading the game. Well, I think it's taken a big step this summer. Um. I mean, every summer you're trying to do well. I think this summer is probably the biggest steps I've taken in a while. Like I I feel like I'm noticeably a different goalie than I was even like four months ago, which is, which is kind of cool. And, uh, just slightly changed my style just a little bit. So, I mean, it'll be noticeable once the puck drops, but I mean, if anybody watches me practice right now or do a goalie session, I know I've posted a few clips, but, uh, I'm a little my style is a little different than last year
0: yeah I've I've talked to Brett a few times and like he seems like a very like knowledgeable guy and like willing to help in like any aspect that that you want him to so it's good that he's helping you even though you're not on the same team but like it's good to have that like extra set of eyes especially as a goaltender and like making sure like you're like you're working the same the areas you should be and try and getting better each day,
1: yeah no absolutely and and that's the thing too like uh you know we've talked during the season, but we never talk about the teams or like we'll talk about hockey, but never anything specific in the summer it's different, but like you know there's just with coaches and stuff like you know his team's coaches wouldn't be too thrilled if he was talking to me about their team and my coaches wouldn't be too thrilled if I was talking to him about you know our team and what I'm doing so I mean at the end of the day it's uh you know when you play against each other's teams it's fun but we keep it we try and keep it professional you know we've done a like I I think and I've told him it too I think we've done a really good job of just kind of separating the business side of it and uh so that's been awesome but yeah he's a good goalie coach I think he's got a bright future um you know it's like anybody a goalie coach is trying to move up just like a goalie so you know, he's had some success in the SP. He won a championship two years ago. And, uh, you know, I know that he'll probably get some looks to be an East Coast League goalie coach. And then, you know, if your goalies do well there, you move up to the A or into an NHL development role. And that's kind of how it goes for him. So he's got a bright future. Um, he's doing a lot of good things. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, 2018, 2019, you began your professional career. So, like, what was it like signing your first pro deal? like how would that deal come around like what was or and did you just look around for like that opportunity like to play games or like what was that situation like?
1: Yeah it was a it was a kind of a weird situation it came together pretty late um, just because I didn't get the green light to uh, to get cleared like you have to be medically cleared after a surgery and I didn't get that until like two weeks before camp so I actually missed out on an opportunity to go to an East coast league camp my first year, which would have been a great opportunity. I don't know if I would have made the team just cause like I said, you know, you gotta get teams to trust you. But I had a team be like, Hey, you know, we want to sign you, but I hadn't been cleared at that point. And medically they can't sign you if you're not con- deemed healthy. Like it's, it's considered being injured. So um, I ended up like last minute, to Peoria's camp, and we didn't really know what to expect. It was just kind of like go to camp, see what happens, and like they're a really good team. Um, like they're they're a team in the SP, but they could probably beat teams in the Coast. Like they're they're that good. They get good players. They get guys that have played, you know, multiple years in the American League, and decide you know what, I got a house in Peoria, I'm going to play for them, and and they're they're pretty good, and they got a good coach and good systems, and. I didn't end up making the team. I had a pretty good camp, but, uh, at that point it was just, where can I go and get the most games? And, um, you know, I had a a guy who, who used to be a scout, um, used to be an NHL scout that was like, Hey, I got a buddy that coaches a team in the federal league. And he's like, you know, he's like, it's, you need games. Like, he's like, you, you know, you need to prove yourself. You're not in a position where you can just wait for another SP team to pick you up. It's, uh, you know, it's, um, you're going to need to go get, go play games and go get shots. And I was like, all right, sounds good. Let's go get shots. Now, when I went there, I wasn't expecting to get 50 shots a game. I mean, when he said go get shots, I wasn't, you know, I think my first game I had like 48 shots and, you know, it just kept going up from there. So, uh, but it was great, you know, another good group of guys. And, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like you get, especially in the federal league it's interesting you get three kinds of players you get guys that are kind of young guys that are just trying to figure it out and then you get guys that really want to get called up and they want to get to the you know the higher levels and then you get guys that are you know they're they're getting paid pretty well to be there they're veteran guys and they're just content but they're probably could be playing at least a, a level or two higher than they are um, but yeah getting games was huge I mean that was that was the biggest thing you know you got to play games if you haven't played a game in a year you got to play games so that was the that was the start
0: yeah so how what was it like facing so many shots in a, in a game especially when you're playing in Watertown like like what was it like and like how, what was your mindset overall
1: uh, it was good because I just you know there's it's such a difference between practice and training and then actually going into a game and getting those reads and stuff. I mean, it was, uh, it was good. Um, Trying to think about it. Like it was, there's some weird stuff. Like I just, I look at it and I'm like, how did that even happen? Like in terms of decision-making, like there was, I want to say I'd have to pull up the, like, I'd have to actually pull up the the stat sheet on that in terms of game by game. But I want to say I had a stretch of like five games where I had 50 shots every game and like we went like 4 and 1 but I I still had like a 3.8 GA. but we were giving up 50 shots so um yeah I don't know the, the thing I'll probably remember most about that league was uh we played a game we won I think it was like we won 3-2 but I made the most saves that a goalie's ever made in regulation uh for a win and it was like 72 shots oh or something God. stupid like that. Like just no defense at all. Um, so I was just dead. Like I, that's probably the most body weight I've lost in a game. Uh, we were on the road. It was a hot building. Um, it was a game up in Michigan and yeah, they had 70 something shots. And I was just like, and I didn't know that was like a record. Like, I don't care. Like I was just like, oh, okay, like whatever. But I was like, it just kind of kept adding up. Like they were at 22 in the first period. And then by the half, you know, halfway through the game at the TV timeout, they were, I want to say like 38. And I'm like, Jesus, it's going to be a busy night. And I thought, Oh, well, it'll just kind of slow down. And it didn't. So then they came out hard again in the third and um, yeah, I was pretty gassed that uh, that game. And then the weirdest part was uh, I got up the next morning and, you know, I'm assuming I'm not going to play even though we won. But the coach had a superstition that like, if you win, you play again. And then he's like, yeah, you're going to play again. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, all right. And then in, in my head, I'm like, what, the, what's this guy talking about? I just had 72 shots. And then we went out that night and I think we lost three, one on an empty net, but we gave up another 46 or something like that. So it was a busy, busy 24 hours, two games. Cause it was a day game the next day too. That was the best part. It was like a two o'clock game. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I think the other goalie was scratching his head as much as I was. Cause he's like, we're kind of both like, man, like, why am I playing this game? Uh, so, I uh, mean, you yeah. never, you never don't want to play, but like when you, you know, you face that many shots, you're just kind of like, you know, you have like no energy and you know, so yeah, but it
0: was, that, it was that's fun. Insane. Yeah. That's insane. I can't imagine in 72 shots on, on, on goal. That's crazy. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. yeah so what was it like living in the city of watertown like being like close to new york and how overall like how was it living there
1: uh the apartments were actually really nice it's probably out of any well that's not true huntsville had huntsville, the nicest apartment it was the biggest apartments. like it was like a house here it was a cool experience we were um we were living like right off of the army base so it was pretty unique uh, it was cold that's the biggest thing i uh I remember, I mean, we were pretty close to Rochester and Syracuse and, and uh, Buffalo. We we're only like two hours from Buffalo. So um, it was good. I mean, I'd never, like I'd been to New York City before, but I hadn't really been to like, you know, around the States. So, um, you know, it was cool in, in terms of uh, like, it wasn't the worst place to be uh, in terms of like, you know, on an off day, a lot of guys, we we'd go to the Bills game. So that was kind of cool. And, go to a Sabres game, went, went to one of those and then um, went to Niagara Falls. So there was some stuff to do. Um, not the, probably not the warmest place I've been, but uh, yeah, it was fine. I had nothing negative to say about the, uh, about living there.
0: Yeah, that that's good to hear. Cause I, I was actually talking to Watertown earlier this year and uh, with all this unknown, it's, yeah, it's hard to see where it, where it's going. Cause I have no idea what's gonna happen with the, with the season, and all that. So it's definitely gonna be an interesting time.
1: Yeah, no, for sure.
0: Yeah. So uh, then you got moved after you played in Watertown. You went to you went to the SP right in Huntsville, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, in Huntsville was for a
1: week. It was good. I uh, you know again like I you know when I got the call up opportunity, uh, the coach at the time that was in Watertown, he's not there anymore. He was really kind of against me going. He's like, hey, like it's a short you know it's a short call up like you know why don't you just stay here you're playing a lot and for me at that point it was like you know what I want to you know I've played 13 games here my numbers are good like I want to go up there and prove that you know like my, my shoulder's good and I'm back and I feel good so uh you know took the call up it was a three and three weekend I played the middle game um played well we won I think five to I made 43 out of 45 so it was a perfect game because it was like exactly like all the other games at the other on the other team so um it was good uh, I wasn't there very long though because we were on a road trip the whole time so I literally showed up on a Wednesday uh practice practice Wednesday was at the apartment Wednesday night practice Thursday and then right after practice we drove up to uh Illinois And then we were there, you know, Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday was an off day. And then Tuesday I was out of there. So um, it was good. I mean, I turned that game into a trade opportunity when their guy came back from the East coast league and ended up going to Fayetteville where I was for, felt like I was there forever. I was there for like a month and a half, two months and I played one game. So they carried three guys for a while and uh, um, that went, it was good. I mean, would have been nice to play a bit more, but it was fine and then after that i I actually went back to Florida for like two weeks just to chill like I, I trained down there um, not not for any team or anything and then um, and then I went to Elmira for again it was like a week like I played like three games, but it was only like a weekend uh, in the federal League again uh, just to get some some games and then right away got called back up to uh, to Knoxville and then I finished my first year pro there
0: yeah so so what was was it hard getting moved around a lot because you you've played in a lot of different cities like is it hard hard like to get used to or like are you used to it by this point
1: uh it, it is in some ways uh i mean the biggest thing like people i don't think get and i get asked it a lot is like it's so much different than junior like in junior you stay with one team and like it's a bad thing if you're getting traded or or moved around but like the biggest thing people in pro don't realize is like, you know, you got to get, you got to go where you got games. Like for me, you know, like I know that, and you know, from everything I've been told and and what you know people have told me is like, you know, I need to have a good year and then, you know, I need to get into a full-time job in the East coast league. And when I get there, I need to have a good season. And, you know, you talk to anybody, if you can have a good year in the coast, you can open up a lot of opportunities for yourself. Um, so for me, and when I do get that opportunity, you know, I'm going to approach it the same way that I did when I was in the federal league, getting called up to the SP. Um, and then, you know, when I get that opportunity in the coast, I'm going to really try and take advantage of it. And, uh, moving around is tough. It's tough in terms of like, you do get used to it, but it's tough in terms of like, you know, you're dealing with so many different structured teams and so many different defense. And it's nice to know who you're playing with too. Like, you know, you, you get. To be friends with guys on the team and then you move around. So um this year will be a little different. Um like I've said I, I think we said before we were on the on the air here that like I have signed with a team for this season. Um it's gonna be a great opportunity. I'm gonna get an opportunity to go in there and really be the guy, which is what I need. Uh and I need to have a good start to the season and then you know, if there's a good call-up opportunity, maybe we look into it, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, At this point, I don't know if they want me sharing uh, that I signed with them. They've kind of kept things pretty quiet, but uh, yeah, so I can say I won't be back in, uh, I wanted to go back, but we just couldn't agree to terms. Uh, I won't be back in Knoxville this year, so
0: yeah. Yeah, so on your first year pro, like you faced a lot of ups and downs, like how do you like overcome like your downs and like what were some of the ups that you guys had throughout your, uh, your first year pro?
1: Yeah. First year is a learning year. I mean, it's a lot different than junior. You're living, you know, with another teammate, you don't have billets. So, you know, you kind of got to deal with, you know, all that stuff that comes with it. Uh, you have a lot more responsibility. So you got to manage not just your hockey, but your life as well. Um, you don't have anyone there, you know, cooking your meals and stuff or, you know, doing anything like that. So I I think there was more adjusting off the ice than on the ice. I thought the second year was a lot easier in terms of, even though there was still a little bit more moving around and uh, was dealing with some stuff, like I said, early in the season. um, I thought I just was kind of more, more familiar with like, you know, everything. And I think in junior, there's a tendency to, you know, you just think like, you know, you just really have to worry about hockey. You don't have to worry about, you know, real life stuff in terms of you know paying certain bills and having to you know do that fun stuff so it's uh it was a bit of an adjustment but I I didn't uh I didn't think I had too much trouble with it so yeah
0: yeah so what was like the biggest transition period uh from juniors to playing pro like what was that transition like and were you like used to it did you get like through it easily or was it hard at first um like, well, I mean, I played a lot. Of, I spent
1: a lot of time in major junior. So in terms of, like I said, like living's a lot different. Um, if I'm comparing it to the SP, it, it's really interesting. Like uh, people ask all the time, like, you know, what's the, what's the, you know, jump like, or what's the difference like? And it's, there's differences for a goalie for sure. I mean, in terms of the speed of the game from the WHL to the SP, I don't, I don't think it's much different, but in the SP, everyone shoots i mean you'll get the odd guy on a on a dub team that can rip it but you know everybody in the sp is bigger uh, stronger i mean they're grown men they shoot harder traffic's bigger Uh, if there's a net jam they jam harder Uh, i definitely notice it's a jump uh partial just because of age i mean it's no different than you get the you know canadian world junior team will lose to a cis team just because you know they're old so uh it's definitely a jump. I don't think people realize how good it is in terms of like, you know, people up here they're just kind of like, "Oh, like the SP like I, I haven't heard really good things about it." I mean, the league's taken a lot of strides in the last 5 years. Uh but there's a lot of good hockey players out there and there's only so many jobs and when it comes to goaltending it's even harder because, you know, there's only 10 teams, there's only 20 jobs and you know, guys don't age out. That's the thing people don't realize too. Like you're in junior, you get 5 years, you know, and then you know, you age out um, in pro. If a guy wants to play for 10 years with the same team and he doesn't want to move up, he can stay there. You know, the coach likes him; They're not changing it up. So, you know, and when you're trying to look for a team where you're going to be the guy and you're going to play, because so that's what you need to do and play well to move up. You know, there's only so many jobs. So, and there's always someone coming to try and take your job. So you gotta always be playing well. And, you know, there's no real period where you can kind of take your foot off the gas.
0: Yeah, that's also where like opportunity comes because you want to play games, but you have to play good and like, yeah. And like you like you said, you moved around a lot, but like you're looking for like opportunities to play. So like you you want to play. So it's like you're getting games and like that's mm-hmm. further developing your your career.
1: No, for sure.
0: Yeah. So going back to when you play in the Western Hockey League, you played for the Vancouver Giants your first year of of uh, playing in the, yep. well, in the WHL. So like, what was, how, how was it playing in Vancouver, especially since it's near your hometown and like yeah. what was your overall experience with it?
1: It was awesome. I mean, uh, we didn't live at home. Like I lived out in, uh, about 45 minutes from where I'm from. So we were billeted and stuff like that. We had a training center out there at that time I didn't drive. So like I was, uh, like 17, 16 slash 17 end of my sixteen and then 17 so I wasn't uh I wasn't driving yet and I mean it would have been probably better if I if I was because then I could just come home whenever I wanted but uh it was great I mean it was the team that I grew up cheering for um you know ever since I was like before I even played hockey I always wanted to play for that team so when I got the opportunity to it was just kind of like hey like you know here's an opportunity to do something that you've always wanted to do And that's really rare to be able to do that because as you, you know, as you know, like you don't really get to pick your team. I mean, I wasn't a guy that was drafted in the Western league, um, but yeah, I mean, things just kind of came together. It was, it was a good season. Our team wasn't very good. Um, we didn't make the playoffs, but I played 40 games as a 17 year old, which was, which was good. And, um, Learned a lot and it was a lot of fun. It was, uh, it was cool. It was, you know, exactly like it was when I watched the team when I was younger and it was, uh, it was really neat.
0: Could you say that that was like your, your number one, like overall dream playing for that specific team, you know, moving up through the ranks? For junior,
1: yeah, I think uh, you know. I mean, obviously, you know, the goal always is to play in the NHL, and it, it still is. And I think there's you know a lot of steps that I need to take to get there. But you don't really look at it like that. You just look at it as, you know, I need to play well with the team that I'm on right now, and then you know when I get an opportunity to get called up, play well there, and then you see what happens. Uh, in terms of junior, yeah, it was it was great. I mean, um, for me, in terms of playing uh, long term. In, in major junior, like when I got traded to Calgary, that was a good thing. Um, but I'm happy I had the year uh, in Vancouver, year and a bit in Vancouver. Um, it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. So you said before that question that you played forty games for Vancouver. Yeah. When you were seventeen, it's so like, what was that? What was it like playing forty games, and in, in, especially as a seventeen-year-old? And you're I
1: only yeah, yeah. I only played I only played like three out of the first twenty so that's the that's the thing people don't really realize I think I was 32 out of the last 45 wow. or something like that wow. so I was we changed coaches halfway through the year um and I barely ever played with the first guy we started the year with three goalies and um yeah I didn't play much the the first part of the year and then they fired the coach brought in a new guy and You know coaches are funny we got a coach by his name's Claude Noel he was the Winnipeg Jets coach before they got their coach they have now and um, he was a great guy Um, but yeah just kind of one of those things like I was playing really well when he showed up Uh, like it was he showed up right at the start of December and and I kind of went on a run I ended up getting goalie of the month that you know for December that year and you know just kind of the timing worked out perfectly like I was you know, winning games and and playing well. And, and, you know, a coach just shows up and, you know, he's going to go with the guy that, you know, initially he wants to go with. And our team wasn't great, but I felt like I was giving the team to ch- a chance to win, you know, most nights. And, uh, and yeah, so I played a ton late in the season. I mean, we had, I mean, our other, my other goalie there was, was great too. And awesome goalie, great guy. So it was just kind of, it was a weird situation in that, like, it was kind of, you know going in like he was a top end draft pick for them played his 16 year as their starter was a 17 year old starter and then that was his 18 year old year and and it just kind of was it was a weird fit and they like that wasn't really the plan like he was their guy and I kind of was playing more so I don't know if management agreed necessarily on the coach doing that but he was back his 19 year and that was kind of like you know they got another coach the next year because um like Claude just came in for for that year just in the meantime and uh that's kind of when the opportunity came for me to get traded to Calgary because they were like hey like you know we're still going to go with him as our as our guy you know we have a new coach like what do you want to do and and at that point in time my agent was like hey like if there's an opportunity to get you on a on a team especially for your draft year that you're going to play a lot and be on a competitive team well you know we'll try and find that and yeah it kind of just all came together and then got moved to Calgary which turned out to be a really good thing
0: yeah so how important was recovery for you because you played 32 of the last 38 games that must have been really hard on you
1: yeah it's tough I mean traveling that league is brutal like if you're playing for Vancouver and you play Brandon I think it's a 30 hour bus ride, and they don't have, like, I think there's only one team that has a sleeper. Like, that's the one thing about the SP that I love is every team's got a sleeper bus and they're, they're actually really nice. So that's nice. Yeah. So, but in the Western league, we didn't have that. So like, for me, it was, it was tough cause I was just sleeping on the floor, trying to sleep in a chair and, and it was, it wasn't very, uh, the travel kind of sucks. So, but I mean, you just kind of go with it. Like that's the one thing too. Like, you just kind of roll with it and I mean it was my first year so just kind of going off of adrenaline a lot and but yeah recovery is important that's one thing I I don't think I took as seriously as I do now just how to take care of your body like I'm not saying I wasn't healthy but like just certain things like you know back then I'd play a game and we'd have a day off the next day and you know I would just be like oh we won like I'm going out for dinner and stuff whereas you know now it's more like. I need to look long-term and uh, that's something that the trainers have really said too. like, you know, after a game, I might stretch for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, even though we don't practice the next day, or maybe we even have two days off. And it's just that long-term effect. Like you'd be amazed. Like you, you play a game on a Saturday night, maybe you don't practice till, you know, Monday or Tuesday, if you're lucky, if they give you two days off, that can be nice too. Um, and you'll work out on monday but you'd be amazed how much better you feel on wednesday and thursday when you just take that 30 minutes after a game and ride the bike stretch out and do all that stuff compared to just not so that was probably a big difference from uh, for me from junior to uh to now
0: yeah i definitely didn't take recovery as serious as i do now especially when i i played four four or five days in a row of just men's league and even even just men's league, it's it's just brutal on your hips and everything, especially yeah. as, especially as a goalie. So I was like, so like I didn't like really stretch that much, but like after that, like my hips were destroyed, and like I need, I was like, I need to stretch, like, and that's yeah, what I've been doing. It helps so much.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Like it's, uh you know, body mechanics is the biggest thing, and you know, it's like I was saying before, like it's uh, it's been a really cool been a really cool off season so far for me just because like I'm moving a lot differently, a lot more economically. And you hear about if you're watching, you know, the Jets uh, play, I'm not I don't really watch them too much, but obviously I'm gonna, you know, watch them in the playoffs. And, you know, you hear about them talk about Hellebuck and, and how he's moving and and that's kind of the same thing like we're working on is just, you know, using my size and using my body to my advantage. Like I'm a bigger guy. I'm six three and like, I fill the net well, so we're just trying to use that, and it's just crazy how much of a difference it's made, like, even, you know, from last year, I look at certain plays that on video that I got myself maybe into a bit of trouble, like, you know, maybe was out of position, or, or had to scramble a bit, and I'm like, now I'm just like, why would I do that, like, I have more range now, and I can just twist my hips a bit more, and get over, you know, just kind of slide, or push into, into saves more and learning the difference and it simplifies the game a lot. Like, uh, you know, that's the biggest thing that, uh, that we're working on. And I mean, I won't give away too much with it, but it's just a really simple philosophy. And I mean, you can probably pick it up in, in some of the videos I've posted too. And I know some people make comments and stuff, which I I really couldn't care less about, but one of the big things we're working on is if a puck's in tight, I'm walling up, you know, I've got the size. I'm a big guy. I don't think people realize exactly how big I am on the ice, like in skates and stuff. Like there's no need for me to draw my hands forward. If a guy's shooting, you know, three feet from me, like just wall up and and block. And, you know, with the body mechanics that we're using in the hips, typically if a puck hits you in the arms or, or in the chest, it's going to fall right into your, uh, into your pads and you're going to be able to make an easy cover. And I just find that that, is a lot more predictable for me knowing where the puck's going to hit my body and where it's going to go than if i just come out with my hands in front and you know maybe it hits off your glove and falls down and they jam in the rebound and stuff and you know it might not look as exciting of a style but it's it's really effective in tight and then obviously if a guy is in a shooting spot and you can react i'm going to react so there's a there's a bit of both there but i know some people have been saying like, why is this guy just like walling up? Like, what's he doing? And it's just, that's what we're working on. And, uh, I wouldn't do it necessarily if I was five eleven, six foot, but you know, I'm six, five, six, six on skates. And I just, you know, even when I'm in the RVH, like, I think there's like, when I'm down in it and I can lift my hips up too and block more, but I think there's only probably three or four inches of net by my shoulder. So it's, uh, you know, that's what we're working on. And, uh, yeah, it's it's made a huge difference so far. So I'm uh, I'm really excited to see what we can do in the next uh, three and a half months.
0: Yeah, for sure. And unlike you, I'm a small. I'm on the smaller side of a of goalies. So I'm like five five ten. So like I've been working with like a college goalie, a friend of mine, and like just staying taller in the butterfly. Cause like usually like you'd like start to lean over, and just like staying tall, just like yeah helps like helps like cover more than that for sure 100
1: percent. i mean look at uc saros like it's you know he's really effective at it and again like i think size can play a role like i know you know you get to pro and stuff and it's all smaller gear um you know smaller chest pads smaller pants smaller pads and that stuff can make a difference i actually find it's easier like i like the smaller gear i've always been a fan of it because you just know where the puck is you don't have you know, wasted space of a chest pad and you think, Oh, it hit me, but why did it roll in? So now, you know, if you're on angle or not. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's lots of ways to play the game. I mean, I know a lot of guys that are shorter by goalie terms and, you know, it can be really effective. You know, it's just, you gotta, you gotta be dialed in. You know, there's, there's some games where, you know, like I've talked to guys and NHL guys too. And they're like, they're bigger guys and they're like, yeah, you know, I don't feel great every game, but I'm big enough that if I don't feel like, you know, I don't feel I'm tracking the puck not necessarily for me but like what a goalie was telling me I won't say who it was because I don't know if he wants me to but uh starting goalie in the NHL and he's like hey like you know I play 50 games a year not every game I feel great you know there's some games where I just don't feel great but instead of trying to catch pucks I'll just block because I'm big enough that I can get in the way and just get in front of pucks and, and I know that you know I can still make 28 out of 30 saves by just doing that so It's interesting to hear the philosophies and I think that's the biggest thing that the NHL guys are able to do and that's the difference between an NHL guy to an East Coast league guy or an SP guy like I mean there's only so many guys I think any goalie in the East Coast league could go into an NHL game and play well for a game not necessarily for a long period but everybody's good enough that they can play a game it's but how are you going to do it over 40 games how are you going to do it over a career Um, and how are you going to play when you're not feeling well because that's the big difference I noticed like guys that are really good it's they're able to play well when they're feeling bad and not playing average or or below average so they're pretty good at being consistent and uh and yeah so that's the biggest thing I'd say with that
0: yeah that's some great insight especially because you you have to be consistent especially at the NHL level you're playing 40 50 games like you said you have to stay consistent and I'm sure a lot of people can play one NHL game, but can you do it consistently? Probably not. That's why you're. Pro- that's why people probably aren't in the NHL right now. So, it's definitely, For sure. definitely uh like a great insight that you just said there.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's true. Like, there's a lot of good goalies out there. Like, it's you know, that's that's the one thing I noticed. Like in the SP 2 Like people, you know, are like, oh, like you know, some people are like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll, of course I'll play there. And it's like there's so much about like resume and every year it seems the goalies are getting better. I mean, there was one team this year in the SP there, both their goalies were drafted into the NHL. Both guys, both guys were drafted in the NHL, played four years, D one as starters. They're both on the same team. You know, that's uh 10% of the league right there just in those two goalies. Cause there's only 20 chops. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's interesting. Like, you know, this, it's a great time to be, you know, it's a great time to, uh, be a team at higher levels because there's so many guys to choose from it's tough as a goalie now when you get your opportunity you got to make the most of it like but um you know i think this is probably the best time where if you do go into the east coast league and you play you go on a run you play 30 good games you know like i was just talking to a goalie the other day who you know got a contract out of that like played in the coast wasn't drafted and you know had a bunch of nhl teams talking to him because he proved he can play in the coast and And that's something that, uh, you know, with NHL teams, they look at and they say, okay, well, you know, would we rather draft a kid in the fifth or sixth round in junior? And we don't know how he's going to play in the pro game, or would we rather sign a free agent that's maybe 22, 23, 24, uh, even 25? Like, it seems like goalies just keep getting older with that. Like, it's already proven himself in the East Coast League. You know, we can sign this guy cheap. You know, they'll take that now because – you know, those guys are proving that, you know, well, I've already proven I can play in the East Coast League. So, you know, how will I do at the next level? So there's a bit of a change in philosophy going on right now, but that's probably the money, the meal ticket. You got to play a good year in the East Coast League and you got to get your chance because there's only a certain amount of jobs. And, you know, if you play, if you have a great, it's one of those leagues, if you have a great season, you're going to open up a lot of doors, whether that's an NHL contract, AHL contract, or a, a really good offer over in Europe. But, If you go to that league and you don't play well, you're either going to be, you know, kind of forgotten about or they're going to find somebody else. So, you know, for me right now, when especially in the SP, you know, there might be an opportunity in the East Coast League to start the year. We'll see. But whenever that opportunity comes up, I'm just going to be ready to, you know, play well and and try and take advantage of it.
0: Yeah, exactly. I I love that mindset that you have. And it's, it's going to get you far. I know that.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate it
0: yeah so going back to juniors and the whl you played uh you played a few games with vancouver before getting traded to calgary So, like what was it like getting traded to calgary and like did you like feel down about yourself or did you just see it as another opportunity
1: yeah i mean it was we started the year with three guys they wanted to go three guys for a while um like i said before like they kind of they had their guy from the year before they they wanted to be the guy still and uh it was good for me. I mean, you know, it's mixed emotions. Like I wanted to be the starter that year, the bona fide guy in Vancouver. And when we kind of figured that wasn't going to be the case, um, I mean, my agent at the time was kind of like, Hey, put a list together of five teams and I'll call those five teams and we'll see what the interest was. And it was kind of funny how it works because the team that traded for me in Calgary, um, it wasn't a team I was expecting. Like, it was one of those teams where I was like, wow, it really was surprising. Like, I thought it was going to be someone else. Um, You kind of get rumblings and stuff. It turned out to be a pretty big trade. It was like a six-player trade, so uh, which was kind of cool. I got to go over there with two of my uh, teammates, and and that was neat. And it was weird. I showed up there, and they had, like, four goalies. Like, in Calgary, they had – um, I not know who it was, but they had like four guys and they told me right away, they're like, Hey, like, we're going to get this sorted out before the weekend. So then by the weekend, it was just me and uh, a 20 year old goalie and ended up we like, I played both games that weekend, which I thought was kind of weird. Like they have a 20 year old, why would I play both games? And then right after that, they ended up trading him or putting him on waivers or something. And um, so they were like, yeah, you're, you're the guy, you're going to play a lot. And, uh, that was great. When I heard that, I was like, all right, like, you know, now it's totally different challenge. That was a tough team. It was a good team, but it was a tough team to play for because we'd only give up 18 shots a game, but we'd give up five of those shots would be, you know, breakaways or two on ones. So it's tough. You don't, there's not much margin for error when you're only giving up 18 shots and there's, you're still giving up, you know, half those shots are in the slot and you know, if you give up two goals, you're under 900. So it's it's a tough team for numbers. You can't really pad your stats. I think you know, one game I had a shutout there. It was like 12 shots. It's like you know, that's not gonna it's like a good period. So it's yeah, it's different challenges you face. But it's it's good to be able to play on a on a team that gives up a lot of shots and and not a lot of shots. And uh, uh, it's it's different. But yeah, the trade was fine. I didn't I didn't really have any issues with it. It wasn't by surprise. So.
0: Yeah, so you were you were the guy there in Calgary. So, uh, and then you guys made the playoffs. So, like, you played a few playoff games. So, like, what was playoff hockey like in Calgary in juniors? Like?
1: It, yeah, it was cool. I mean, we kind of got screwed over a bit our first year. We didn't have a ring. So, um, it was like a week off in the series. Our first playoffs for me was in uh, – I seem to always get the good teams in playoffs. I don't know why. My 16-year in playoffs for Westgate, we played against Vernon. They were hosting the RBC Cup. I played that playoffs too as a 16. My um, 17 year, we didn't make the playoffs, but we played like four games at the end of the year against Kelowna. It was a weird schedule. We had like two weekends in a row against them. They ended up going to the Memorial cup final. So they had a really stacked team. They had like dry and all those guys. And then my 18 year old year, we played in playoffs against red deer who was hosting the mem cup that year. So it was like, And then my 19 year, we went to playoffs and played Regina and they ended up going to the Mem Cup. So it was like every year, it seemed like the teams we were playing in playoffs were uh, teams that were, you know, stacked, which I mean, typically when you're a lower seed, you'll, you know, that'll happen. But we kind of, it was tough. Like we had a good team in Calgary, my 18 year old year, we were right at the top of the standings in the Eastern Conference for a long time. And, uh, with the way the playoff format is, like they were doing the NHL format where you play within your division. And unfortunately, the top three teams in the Eastern Conference were all in the same division. So that was the first year they went to that playoff format. So originally, we were third place in the conference. We would have played a sixth seed that we knew we would have we would have beat pretty well. But because of the standings and how they had it set up, Lethbridge was the top team in the Eastern Conference. Red Deer was second, and we were third. So we had to play sec- uh, Red Deer. So it really kind of was like, man, we would have been better off being a wild card than playing that. So it was tough. Like I, um, it's interesting Like when you're playing against a team that's hosting the Memorial Cup, it's, they get the benefit of calls, let's put it that way, because the league wants them to do well like they don't want a mem cup host to go out in the first round, especially when they're, you know, showing every game on sports and stuff. So I kind of noticed that. I mean, the the refs are great in that league. I don't want to make it sound like that, but you know what I mean? Like there's always that kind of like, you know, why did we get five penalties and they didn't get any and they get a five on three with a minute and a half to go in a game that's tied. Like how does that for like penalties that don't even make sense? Yeah. You know, but it was a good learning experience. It was fun. I mean, playoffs are great. It's, uh, you know, I mean, that's the biggest thing that I remember and it's, it's kind of ironic that that's not happening right now. But The biggest thing I remember about playoffs is the crowds. Like they're, they're awesome both in Calgary and Red Deer and then in Calgary and uh, Regina, like everywhere we went, it was sold out. And then in Calgary, we were still, you know, drawing in about 10,000 a game. So, um, yeah, the crowds are huge. So it's weird watching playoffs on TV with, uh, with no crowds, and the thing I didn't know until I talked to a player about it was the crowd noise they show on TV isn't in the rink. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah it's dead quiet in there. I, I didn't. I had no idea. I was like uh, texting a buddy of mine, and I'm like, "Oh, like how is it? Like he's in the Edmonton uh, bubble." Um, and he's like, "He's like, yeah, like it's it's good." And I'm like, "Yo, like they they pumped crowd noise in or what?" He's like, "No, he's like that's just for TV." He's like, "We were watching the game earlier in the day and." he's like, Oh, like, I guess they've got some noise going. And cause you can hear people cheering and he's like, yeah, they've got like a, the odd video of like fans from home cheering, but he said, it's kind of weird. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's just dead quiet. They've got everyone's recorded goal horns that go off and, but there's no noise. So he says, it's kind of weird. And like the TV broadcast that they're doing, it's like all delayed and they're blocking everything out. So. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I've seen it on Twitter, but I'd totally go for the pay five dollars extra and get the live version with no noise, no yeah. commentary, just hear hear what everyone's saying. So
0: yeah, uh, it it's but, definitely weird without any fans. And it's interesting that they the the like all the clapping and all that, the sound effects aren't like actually in the stadium. Yeah, it's I didn't know that. Light. Like that's
1: yeah, I didn't know that. I thought that was like oh, they've got crowd noise. Like I remember watching the Montreal Pittsburgh game, and you know, Price would make a big save and. There'd be crowd noise. I'm like, oh, that's cool. At least there's some noise, but it's just—it's no, it's just fake, fake noise. Yeah. so
0: I, I don't like the the delay either. I want to hear what they what they are saying if they're f-bombing. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, the TV thing—it's—it's it's weird because like uh there's times where like the game will be on, but they'll still be at a commercial break, so they'll push the broadcast even further back. And like somebody was saying at one point, it was like a 32 second delay on something, and then. Yeah when they are at a TV timeout, they'll speed up the next commercial. So there's a little too much editing going on, I think. Like, they just got to, you know, like, I get that they don't want to hear what people are saying, but, like, it's it's tough when you know the game's on because you've got the update on the app, the NHL app, the clock's ticking down, and you're still at TV timeout for the next 20 seconds. So Yeah, um, that's definitely, yeah.
0: definitely weird for sure. So we have a we have a few more. I have a few more questions for you. So, sure. so like, what tip would you give like a younger goalie looking to get that, to that next level?
1: Uh, how old are they?
0: So it makes a big.
1: It makes a big difference.
0: Let's go high school, college, high
1: school, college. I think play well at the level you're at. I think so many times people, and I I know I had a tendency to do this when I was younger a little bit too. They have a tendency to look ahead. You just got to play well with the level you're playing at you know you can't always control where you're playing or what league you're playing in but you can control how you play so I'd say that's the biggest thing not get too far ahead of yourself don't say you know you don't want to be a kid that's in high school or in college or even in junior and being like well why am I on you know why did I get cut from this higher team and I should oh like I you know or even in minor hockey like oh, like I'm too good for this double A team or I'm too good for this single A team. I should be on the higher level. And it's like, like you you know, you've got an 880 save percentage or an 870 save percentage. Like, you know, be 910, be 920 and then talk, you know. and not That's not always in your control. Like, as you know, if you're playing on a really bad team, it can be tough to put up good numbers, but just control what you can control. That's the biggest advice I'd say. And if you're a young kid, have fun, enjoy it. Don't worry too much on the little things.
0: Yeah, and then uh, my final question is: uh, You're in the new Lafave lines. So like, how's
1: all yep. the Lafave page for you? We're awesome. I mean, uh, I've uh, dealt with Pat directly, um, so I've kind of got to go through him, and we've built a pretty good relationship. And uh, I'm excited for for what they've got going. I mean, it's it's been kind of a teaser because I've kind of known for a long time the roster of goalies that are going to be in them for the playoffs, and then. There's some other guys that aren't able to be in them for contract reasons and then I've seen the list of guys that have said they're going to want to be in them for next season and it's it's quite a bit and there's some you know pretty surprising names I I heard about Anderson pretty early on and I was like are you sure like they're like yeah like he's gonna switch he's like they're like don't say anything because like he's still under deal with Bauer but yeah, yeah so stuff like that was was kind of surprising and you know like I knew Bennington was going to switch because he's got a good relationship with uh with the Lafave family as well and I think a lot of people don't realize like that Lafave made all the gear for pro guys and major junior guys for the last like 10 years so even though you know maybe you know you're in a CCM pad and you see Carey prices in that like his pad's a lot differently made um and with that being said, like, you know, everybody that's bashing CCM and saying "Oh, the quality is shitty and this and that, like all the goalies are switching. It's like, you know, unless you're playing major junior or you're playing pro or you're getting pro return stuff, your gear is no different than it was before. And it's still, you know, good gear. Uh, I think there is a difference between like a, Lefeb- like I've worn a Lafave CCM pad compared to a custom CCM pad and there is a difference, but, uh, you know, yeah, I, I like the gear a lot. I'm actually going out to Montreal in a few weeks. I'm gonna go meet up with uh, with uh, Pat and the family and uh, we just gotta finish up the detail on the dates with that, but that'll be a that'll be a cool experience. Uh, but yeah, I like the gear a lot and I was fortunate to be one of the first guys in them and uh, able to go back and forth on ideas for for a new line and uh, it's it's cool. They've got some exciting stuff coming.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I definitely down the line want to try Lefebvre pad because all the other all reviews that I've seen have been really good and, like, the pad slides like butter and, like, it's super light and all that. Yeah,
1: no, it's a, it's a cool – it's a great pad. I think that um, – I think people who get them are really impressed by them. I think they're – it's a better version of what the, they were when they were with CCM. Uh, they're light I mean I know for me like a, a stock pad of the 20.1s or 4.7 pounds whereas we were able to make mine 4.3 just by changing something around I don't know if people will get quite that customization I know they don't want to change up the weights too much in them but uh, uh, it's great I mean I wouldn't want to go any lighter I know that companies are all saying oh like let's go as light as we can go like I, I don't know if I'd feel comfortable going but below what i'm at right now which is 4.3 like even now it's kind of like you know i can slide across and if i lift my leg up just a little bit the pads off the ice so yeah you do want a little bit of weight you know to your pad
0: yeah exactly so uh, cody thank you so much for coming on to the show we really appreciate your time and hopefully we'll see you in the nhl one day soon
1: yeah no i appreciate it guys thanks for having me on and uh, keep up the good work with the podcast